I don't know that he's going to be there at number 52 yeah. in the second round. It just doesn't seem that, that way. He played himself out of my dra mock draft. In terms of his position, he's as can't miss as there is. I'm telling you, it's trade back. It's trade back. It's trade back year, baby. Welcome into the lounge. Garrett is back from Indianapolis, and he is ready. Well, are you ready? I haven't asked you. If you're I'm ready. always ready. You're ready to get full ready. take, full breakdown on what stood out to you at the combine. Uh, before we jump into that, Garrett, I first want to start out. Did you see uh, Roger Goodell's 40-yard dash? I saw you tweet about that. Did he run it recently? He ran it. Yeah, here this, at this combine. Oh, I did not see him run it. Well, he ran a better time than you. No, that's not and true. That's yeah, true. No. Dead serious. It's true. This He's 59 years old. 59-year-old man, Roger Goodell, ran a better time than you. Well, first, not me. First of all, he ran a better time couple, than you. A couple things. First of all, Roger Goodell is a fit man. We met him when we did, did the podcast back in the summer when he was here. He's a, he's a fit guy, so I can understand him running a pretty good time. More fit than both of us. Yeah. Yes. So that's the first thing. Second of all, we go back to when we, we ran the 40-yard dash, and... There was multiple timers that was that were oh, out there. I've said this a million times. Here we go, the conspiracy and, theories. And all oh, the timers okay. had me far better than you. Many of them, in fact, had me at a sub five time in the fours. Get the hell out four of here. nine, maybe even in the Get. four eight round <laughs> range. And you doctor the film to go with the one. You're a conspiracy theorist. You, you doctor a conspiracy theorist. Doctor the film to go with the one that had me at the worst possible time just to make it look like you ran you won. So anyway, um, <laughs> Case closed. I'm faster than you and faster than Roger Goodell. We both and faster, know that we're both faster than Orlando Brown. <laughs> faster than Orlando Brown. <laughs> we can all say that one yes. safely. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, anyway. it, it was a good combine. Um, you know, I think that it's always kind of fun to see, you know, who's who are the guys that people are buzzing about right now. I mean, right now, obviously, Shaquem Griffin. Um, nobody can – you can't spend more than 30 seconds watching NFL Network or ESPN, ESPN right now without his name coming up. Um, Just wrote a story about him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was one of the most <laughs> impressive guys, obviously, from a physical standpoint, his story. It's crazy that he was a late addition to the Combine, too, yeah. by the way. I mean, that blows my mind that he wasn't even going to be on the list. Then he had a good senior bowl, and they said, you know, maybe we want to invite this guy. Well, for a while, I mean, they only invite guys to the Combine, like Joe Ortiz was saying. You know, it's guys who they think are going to get drafted. So, for a while, it looked – I don't know how people didn't think he was going to get drafted. I mean, the guy it was his conference player, defensive player of the year yeah. in 2016. You don't think that guy's going to get drafted, period, at all? I know. To me, you know what that screams? And I don't want to get too deep on him, but it screams like everybody was like, ah, this guy got player of the year because he's a good story and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. you know? And now everybody's like, wait a second, this guy's a good football player, like legit. It wasn't yeah. that, you know... He was just getting boosted yep. by the story. So really good stuff to see from him. Yeah, so um, we have some fan questions we're going to want to get to. But just first of all, my overall kind of synopsis of the combine. One, I always like it because it gives you a chance to kind of get to know these players from the time they walk into the league. And you can sort of – you can look at the highlights. And when you're watching YouTube highlights, to me, they all kind of start to run together because it's like these guys have their buddies that are putting them together. They put them to good music, and they pick, like, their best ten plays and have, like, a bunch of different angles of them. That's, like, the YouTube highlights. That's that's based on the film that you watch. That's the film I watch. Yeah, that's the film you watch. I get some good rap music out of this. Yeah, that's how, you, that's how you update your iPod. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so – I like that aspect of it. You can kind of see their personalities and how they handle the pressure of the media, which for a lot of these guys, they're kind of sheltered in college. They don't have to do a lot of the media obligations, and you can see how they handle that and get a sense of it. Um, 
I think that just based on everybody that I talked to there, um, I think that the Ravens will definitely have a chance to get a good wide receiver or two in this year's draft. Somebody, I mean, the Ravens are going to need wide receivers. I mean, another takeaway from the combine is not necessarily just what you see from the prospects, but it's what we heard from Ozzie Newsom and John Harbaugh. And what, what was something that was loud and clear to me is that it's going to be a much different receiver group on this team next year. I mean, Ozzie Newsom mm-hmm. said it, just that. Um, so I think the Ravens are going to draft one, maybe two receivers. And I think they're going to be able to get somebody or a couple guys that could potentially come in and be an impact player from day one. I mean, they they very well, who, realistically... Who, if they aren't impact players from day one, who is? Yeah, very realistically, the Ravens are going to draft the starting wide receiver in this year's draft. Right. I mean, they're not suiting up Roger Goodell, I can tell you that much. Yeah, well, maybe they should. <laughs> <laughs> With a 5-5-40 or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Uh, before we get too deep into it, though, yeah. I want to get into these fan questions. One of them's from uh, Andrew Vogel who he says that he is the son of a season ticket holder, and he's currently stationed in North Carolina at Fort Bragg. Thank you for your service, as always, Andrew. Uh, And his question is, am I the only one who thinks an offensive lineman would be the best use of the first-round pick? Let someone else gamble on a skill position player if that marquee guy isn't there. Let's trust in our historic ability to draft in the trenches and the coach's success at developing talent. Well, I'd say this. First of all, I don't think that it's a bad expectation to think that the Ravens are going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round. I Mm -hmm. just think that there's, when you look at the board, you look at the players that are available, most likely going to be available, offensive lineman seems to match up. It just does. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, though, kind of would dismiss the notion that offensive line is definitely a safer pick. I think that oftentimes it is, and you look at the Ravens' ability to draft offensive linemen, and they've drafted good ones, and especially they found good ones later in the draft. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think it's a guarantee that – I think a lot of people say, don't gamble on a skill position. Just take offensive line because it's safe. And that's not always the case. You've had a lot of misses high in the draft on the offensive line. So Well, let's, let's also be honest here. The Ravens aren't in safe mode anymore. Okay. Yeah. Haven't made the playoffs for three straight years. You can't be in safe mode. You know what safe mode gets you? Nine to seven. Yeah, yeah. Safe mode gets you nine to seven. So eventually we all sit here and talk about, well, Joe, you know, you can't got to take Joe's performance of the grain of salt in the offense because there's no playmakers. Well, eventually you got to take playmakers to have playmakers. Right. You know what I mean? Now, with that said, I I don't think the Ravens should be reaching for playmakers. Yeah, you don't want to foot I mean, in the, that direction. If if, if if there's a playmaker, a wide receiver, or a tight end, and an offensive lineman, and you both have them graded with the same grade, take the playmaker. But I ain't going to take a playmaker if he's you know, significantly worse than mm-hmm. the offensive lineman. And I would say that the, an off, in, improving your offensive line, I do think that it's a little bit like a rookie can have a bigger impact year one, I think, than a wide receiver, where the jump, I think, is more difficult from college to the NFL. Offensive line, I think you can kind of plug and play. I look at KO. KO is just a physical monster. Came in, right tackle, beast, rookie year, yeah. Super Bowl, moving the left guard, beast. You know what I mean? I just think that you can draft an offensive lineman and he'd be an immediate impact player, and that can have ripple effect on everybody else. So maybe your skill position guys aren't as good, but your quarterback has a little bit more time to throw because of improved offensive line. Yeah, there's no you have more running room. There's no question in my mind, if you improve the offensive line, yeah. that helps the offense and, as a whole. And I, question. And, and I agree with you that the board this year seems to be setting up more for offensive linemen than it does in the first round than it does for skill position player. Really, still kind of look at it like Calvin Ridley might be the only guy that's really a viable pick at number 16 at wide receiver. I don't think there's a tight end that's a viable pick right now at number 16. Running back, Geis, maybe you can make the argument that he, Saquon ain't going to be there, I wish. Right. 
Geis, maybe at 16 is a viable player, but you look at the skill offensive positions and there's not somebody other than maybe Calvin Ridley that is a slam dunk at 16. And you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Calvin Ridley isn't even a slam dunk at 16. So, yes, yeah. I agree with the question. I think offensive line might be more in the cards if you're sticking at number 16. I, I'll, get, I'll give you a couple names of guys who I think would be yeah, really intriguing there. Mike McGlinchey from Notre Dame. I did. Uh, Just Notre Dame on either side. That's what I think it could be. Both and, sides, maybe. Yeah. And so I did uh, two players. The offensive lineman, two players in positions of need throughout the combine, but I think would be good fits. And at offensive tackle, I pointed to Michael Clinchy. I mean, you have a, a cornerstone left tackle, cornerstone right tackle, both from Notre Dame. They put out some really good linemen. Zach Martin is one of the best guards in the game. Um, they put out some Ronnie Stanley, obviously. They also have Quentin Nelson, who's a guard, yeah. but everyone considers as ba- in terms of his position, he's as can't miss as there is. Now, yeah. most people think that he's going to be gone by number 16, but if for some if some situation happened where he falls just by the nature of the position that he plays, he would be another intriguing player there. Now, I would they, love that. I would love that. If you were to draft him, you could potentially put him at left guard, and then you could slide Alex Lewis out to right tackle. That's an option. He just gives you options. So yeah. I like both of the offensive linemen from Notre Dame. Connor Williams from Texas is somebody that I also like. It's it's really funny. Going into the weekend and going into the week, everybody was pointing to Orlando Brown. That was like the most popular mock draft yeah. projection yep. to the Ravens. I talked to both Charles Davis and I talked to Daniel Jeremiah there from NFL Network. Both of them in their most recent mocks going into the combine had Orlando Brown there. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's going to remain that way. I don't think it's going to remain that way, but I did think it was interesting in talking with Daniel Jeremiah about the tape from Orlando Brown Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily all that great, but he's so big, and that makes it a problem for guys to get around him. The tape isn't that great? Yeah, he didn't think the tape was that great. Thought it was kind of sloppy. Actually, here, we'll just go ahead and roll what DJ had to say about Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown is not, he's not totally clean. You know, you're going to watch him and you say, I don't know how great he bends or just how athletic he is. At the end of the day, he doesn't give him any pressures. Can't can't get around him. He's just too stinking big and too long. So uh, I think he's got a he's going to be a long term starter at, at right tackle, and I wouldn't I would not uh, dislike that pick at all if the Ravens made it. So as you can hear, I mean, he basically says the technique, the uh, the skill there. It's kind he's kind of raw. He's, he's kind of raw. And now now the combine numbers with running yeah. the slowest forty. In a while, ever? Yeah, a yeah. While. Here's what I. Here's the thing I'd say about the combine performance for him. It's not the concern to me. Isn't okay. He's slow. That's not the concern. Well, the, there's the, also the bench press. The concern to me is that as a whole, it didn't look like he was prepared. So to me, that raises into question the amount of training you've been doing. Yep. It's not just oh, you're slow. You didn't put up a great number on the bench. He was also got yelled at by his the position coaches during drills because he was loafing during the drills. I mean. To me, it, it raises the question, how much are you putting into this? Are you, are you doing everything you need to do to get ready for the combine? That's more of the concern to me than just the actual workout numbers. Right. So is he out of the first round? I think he probably is out of the first round. Would you yeah. take him in the second round? That's the, if he's there in the second round, now you're starting to have a different conversation. You know, if you go ahead and you get... Now, look, if you get uh, Mike McGlinchey in the first round, you're not following up with a back-to-back <laughs> offensive tackle. I really wonder with Orlando Brown, to be honest, because there's been so much variation on these offensive tackles. Is he a guaranteed second-round pick? I don't know. Yeah. He, he, could, be, he could be a... Third, I mean, I just think that oh, that performance... I don't think he falls that he far. Would, his combine performance was a historic low. I rem- the one I remember closest to that was Vontez Perfect, and he went from somebody that during this time the well, year he, that he came out he had the off the field stuff he had the off the field stuff I'm not saying Orlando Brown has that or that yeah. he's going to go undrafted but just from a 
combine performance standpoint, Burfecht had a terrible combine, and he went from a first-round pick to undrafted. It's true. That was, so that was a fall. That was as, as big of a fall as you're ever going to find. But I will say this, and I, you know, maybe he's a little bit of a project on tape, but the dude gave up, what, zero pressures? Yeah, I mean— Zero he, pressures last year? So, I mean, when you talk to Joe Ortiz, and the Ravens' philosophy always is what they do on the field matters more than what they do at the combine. The Ravens know this kid really, really yep. well. So I think they know his commitment to football. Yep. Uh, so I, I wouldn't rule him out entirely for the Ravens, but I agree. I don't think it looks like number 16. Here's another question. All right, this one comes from Benjamin Lettonen. And the question is, uh, he says, I don't know college football nearly as well as I want to, so I have another quarterback question. If the Ravens would draft a quarterback in the middle to late rounds, who do you guys think that w- they would consider? I'd like to read about some of them so I know who might be available and of interest for the greatest team the Ravens, obviously. Yeah. Name as many as you would like. I'd like to dig in and get some more info. This comes from Benji. Oh, well, here's this, we can get into the mid-round guys, but can we just throw this out there? How early is too early for the Ravens <laughs> to draft a quarterback? Because I think that this is a really interesting question that we're going to spend some time talking about between now and the draft. You know, obviously, Steve Bishotti said during his press conference they've got bigger fish, fish to fry than trying to find his Joe Flacco's eventual successor. But they yeah. do have a need at backup. And you can kind of kill two birds with one stone potentially there. And I think it would be really interesting. Again, I don't necessarily think that the Ravens are going to do it. But if you were to have a Baker Mayfield sitting there. Josh Allen. A Josh Allen. And and look, Mayfield or Allen could be the first overall pick. I mean, potentially. Potentially. Yeah, Mayfield's probably not going to. But if they're there, would you consider that kind of a move? I would consider it. I would consider it. Mm -hmm. I mean... Obviously, Joe Flacco is going to be the starter next year. Contractually, the Ravens after next year, next after next year is the first opportunity that it makes any financial sense, perhaps, to move on from Joe Flacco. Now, I still think that's unlikely. Yeah. Um, but you know, if if the offense were to struggle for another year, and if Joe were to struggle for another year, there's that potential, and I think. You have a guy, if you were, if a Josh Allen were to fall, let's say, or Baker, I like Baker a lot, um, then I think that you have, A, a backup now who could be groomed for a year and then perhaps take over. You know, like I think Mayock said it best. It's not an age thing with Joe. Yeah. It's not, he, he's, he's fine. You yeah, know? yeah. He's 33 or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's fine. It's a performance thing. And there's no getting around the fact that Joe hasn't played as well as we saw in the Super Bowl run, you know? So if there's another year where it's subpar performance, how long do you keep signing up for that? That's the question. Joe has to be better. Right. He just and, has to be. And they go, there's the other piece of that is obviously putting more pieces around him. And that's why we're right. talking about the offensive line. That's why we're talking about the wide receivers. And- so that's what I'm saying. This year, let's say if there's more pieces, if you can put more pieces around him, you're, you get a mature indication, a mature gauge on, all right, is this guy the he's guy my we're question. Be married to for the next five years on top of this? You're not necessarily getting a true gauge if all of a sudden you use that number 16 pick on a quarterback who's going to be on the bench. And then you have this well, need right, receiver that. and you have the need of the offensive line potentially. Like that's that's where you I think it'll be. These are the discussions that will be taking place in the yes. draft room because if the Ravens are in that kind of a situation and a Baker Mayfield or if you want to put Lamar Jackson in that conversation, yep. if one of those guys is there, then you have the conversation of, well, are we going to spend it on a quarterback who's most likely not going to play? The other thing, too, though, is as we've seen with other teams, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a really good or attractive backup on your roster. I mean, Jimmy right. Garoppolo just got – Pay he the, could recoup that first round. He pay. got a huge contract for off of seven starts in his career, and the Patriots got a nice 
you know, not quite as nice as some people thought they would, but they got a nice uh, return, you know, for his trade. So there's plenty of examples of that. So that's the, you know, something else. What about mid-round guys? We went off on a tangent there. Uh, Luke Falk, I think, is an interesting guy from Washington State as a mid-round pick, probably around a fourth rounder. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if the Ravens had gotten a higher comp pick, I think that changes the calculus on this. Because it's still the question of like, are you you have a tight end there? Yeah. Are you going to take a backup quarterback over a tight end? You know, I don't know. Uh, Kyle Walletta is from Richmond. I was impressed with uh, the Senior Bowl. I think he's got some talent. There's a Baltimore kid, Kurt Benkert from Virginia, who's a little more mobile. Interesting prospect. Mike White, I think it's Western Kentucky, another or Eastern Kentucky, mm-hmm. one of the Kentuckys. Yeah. Interesting prospect as well. I think that the most likely scenario is definitely that it's going to be a mid-round thir- day three quarterback for the Ravens, more so than number 16. It's fun to talk about, obviously. To me, it wouldn't shock me if we just don't get one. They're going to drop one somewhere, I think. It wouldn't shock me if we don't. If it, uh, if it, ends, it, would, up, if it, if it ends up just being because I don't think there's quite as many guys in those mid-rounds as people are making it out to be, and quarterbacks just have a tendency to go, mm-hmm. you know, like – the Ravens have consistently yeah. said, well, if he's the highest-ranked guy on the board and when we come up, then we'll take him. Yeah. A lot of times the quarterbacks go before they're ranked, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, For sure. There's only maybe like three mid-round guys, and other teams are looking at quarterbacks too. Yeah, it's, so, the, most, it's the most important position right. in professional sports, and so teams yeah. tend to reach for that Just kind of play. shock me. Now, the most important position for the Ravens could very well be wide receiver. So I said that there's some guys there that I like, yeah. um, and I think that they can get a, an impact player there. The guys that I really liked came away impressed with from the combine. I thought Calvin really looked good. I mean, to, to me, based on his workout, uh, based on his press conference, he did nothing to make you think that, you know, he should fall. You know, he basically came How out How alpha there. was he? What's that? How alpha dog was he? he? I thought he, you know those Alabama guys. Here's the thing with the Alabama guys. They're so, they're, they're so conditioned under the Nick Saban operation down there that they go in and they don't say much but during the pressers. You get a good feeling from them. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like I point to like Marlon Humphrey last year. I didn't think that he was all that, like he didn't seem to have all that much personality. And then over the course of the season, that personality came out a lot more. So I basically... You know, like I don't, I can't get any feeling for Alabama guys. They're just all, all right. they go in there and they say the right thing. Here's and they're the just thing sort with, of, with Ridley though, he got, he didn't measure in very well either. He's like, there's like four wide receivers that were lighter than him. Four. He, well, we've that's what we said. I mean, and we talked about that with George when we were here when he was on the podcast that he's a, a lean guy. He's a but, lean guy. But despite being a lean guy, it wasn't like he was the fastest guy. But he was plenty fast. I mean, he ran in the four fours, and which is you know you like now it's four four three seems slow because you have Shaquem Griffin running four three eight. But four, I mean. Torrey Smith, throughout his career here, everyone talked about how he was just a speed threat. He was in the 4-4s. Um, Odell Beckham was in the 4-4s. Julio Jones was in the 4-4s. And, yeah. and like, Julio Jones is different because he's so know, big, but, but Odell you, Beckham. You would just want from, like, from a lean guy like that who's going to be the first wide receiver off the board, you want something that just like jumps off. You're like, whoa, whoa. I think, you know what I mean? yeah, I get that. I get that. But my point is, I don't think he did anything. No, he didn't hurt. hurt his stock. But that's being said, the guys that I, I liked, DJ Moore, I liked his attitude. I liked his press conference. He seemed to be somebody that was impressive, I thought. He just uh, went for my second round mock draft pick, too. I don't know. This guy's going to go too high. He's not going to get there. Yeah, that's I don't know did. that he's going to be there at number 52 yeah. in the second round. It just doesn't seem that, that way. He played himself out of my dra- mock draft. You could take him at number 16. I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah. Another one who I liked is Cortland Sutton out of SMU. Now, he's big. He, yeah. he, if you want a 
If your flavor is the big wide receiver, that's Cortland Sutton, six foot four, and you want to talk about somebody that's kind of the alpha male, got some dog in him. Really? I thought that was Cortland Sutton. He's really? got a, he's got that attitude. Basically, talk about he wants to be the dominating guy in the field. Um, you know, he grew up watching the Cowboys and loves the Des Bryant game. He's been working out a little bit with Anquan Bolden. I like that. Um, this offseason to talk about how Anquan, he's like, Anquan's a beast and how he's kind of learned from him. I liked Cortland Sutton a lot. Um, so those were my two, if I were to come up with, like, who are the two guys in the second round that I would be most interested in? It would be Cortland Sutton and DJ Moore. Now, I also think that everyone keeps saying there's going to be one wide receiver, you know, in the first round potentially. There's going to be more than one receiver in the first round. I just can't I think see Christian there being... Kirk's probably going to go in the first round. He too. definitely I could. Like I thought he came. He had a he had a good week too. Christian Kirk did. But I do think that the overall consensus is that there's not. Everybody says it. There's not the elite wide receiver. Yeah. It's I don't necessarily because everybody says, oh, the Ravens are going to have to trade up if they want Calvin Ridley and all this stuff. I don't know that I buy it. I think that everybody around the league is like, there's not really the elite guy. So when you know you're not going to take a receiver in the top ten just because you have to. Because every year that happens, if they don't view Ridley as a top 15 pick, he could get to the Ravens. It really would not shock me if Calvin Ridley got to 16. Well, but I, here's what I think we're going to see. I think that at some point we're going to see the run on wide receivers. And that may happen. I think it's going to happen in late first. And that could definitely happen in the late it's first. It's a classic. Yeah. It's a classic. He's going to be there at 16. Maybe there's Ridley's there. Maybe not. And then they're not on the board again until 52. And then all, there's been six guys drafted before they get up on the clock at 52. Right. I'm telling you. There's going to be a point it's, uh, during the draft that the Ravens haven't drafted a wide receiver yet. You're just going to start, start saying, there's Cortland Sutton. Oh, they were There's there. Christian Kirk. You're like, there's DJ Moore. All right, okay, yes. here we go. Here we go. There there goes there's James Dante Washington. Pettis. Yeah. There goes James Washington. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's trade back. It's trade back. James Washington. It's trade back here, baby. James Washington from Oregon State um, or Oklahoma State. I always get the O's confused. It's Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, yeah. He's an interesting one because he doesn't look like a wide receiver. He looks like a running back. You're right. And, and a little like he's not as jacked as a running back, but yeah, he's I know, very he's top short. heavy. He's yes. very top heavy. Yes, he's stocky. And and I just I'm like, is this guy in the wrong group? Did he grab someone's? But here's what's funny is like he's a vertical threat, but you look at him and you're like, this guy kind of reminds you of Anquan Bolton. Now he's not as ripped as Anquan, I know, but, but like Anquan didn't look like a receiver. He was like a jacked up running back, like an H back. He, he was he was a a vertical threat more than just like a great hands catcher who could just make all those contested grabs. But his time, his forty time wasn't all that great. It was in the four fives. It was the same as Cortland know, Sutton. But as I, Cortland Sutton's six foot four. Yep. And so I I know. That's where like with James Washington, he's, he's somebody in that he's somebody in that mix. But as a vertical threat, it doesn't seem to me to have that vertical There's speed. There's two ways of looking at it, right? Either you can say, all right, well the guy's proven that he can be a vertical threat because he did it throughout college on tape. He just makes the plays, makes contested catches, gets separation down the field, blah blah blah. And hey, he has the build to be a guy who should be able to make plays over the middle and all the intermediate stuff. Or you say his 40 times showed you that it's not going to translate for him as a vertical threat, and he hasn't proven at all right. on tape that he can do the intermediate stuff. So what's what's he? how's he going to be able to get open in the NFL? Yeah, that's my concern. You can look at it either way. Yeah, that's my concern. So um, now that said, I, I, like, like I said at the start of this, I do think that there's options there. And there could be you know three of those guys that I just mentioned that end up being some impact players early on in their career at the NFL level. So... You know, we'll spend plenty of time talking about. How did you like a tight end? 
What's that? Who'd you like at tight end? I liked Dallas Goddard. Now, he didn't do the workouts on the field stuff, which because mm. he hurt, he got hurt at the senior bowl. He hurt his hamstring. So he wants to make sure that that is fully healed. Um, so you would be a better judge in terms of what you saw at the senior bowl from him in terms of the on field stuff. Well, I liked he had it. about five snaps at the senior bowl. And so, yeah. yeah. So it was down early. It was early day one. Right. Which makes me concerned. You don't like guys getting hurt early in the <laughs> yeah. process before they even get on the NFL field. Um, all that being said, I kind of do like his, his personality. I like his. He's got a little bravado, I thought, um, which I liked. Um, what about Mark Andrews? I kind of, I kind of got a thing for Mark Andrews. Well, I was going to say Penn State, Gasecki. No, no, I'm out on Gasecki. Really? I'm out on Gasecki. Why is that? I just think he's 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 a he's a combine star. He's a track he's a track guy. He's just an I think he's more athlete than he is football player. I look at him. His, I swear his calves look like mine. Now the guy, <laughs> what, guy, what flubby? No. <laughs> I, no, my calves might be my best feature. <laughs> uh, Gaseki can jump out of the gym. He was a volleyball player. So he, he's athletic. He's super athletic. Uh, I just don't... I don't know. He just doesn't look like an AFC North kind of guy to me. Right. You know what I mean? Which, but Dallas Goddard, Dallas does. Goddard definitely does. Mark Andrews does too. Yeah, he does. But Goddard, to me, he looks like just from a physical standpoint, kind of like a Crockett Gilmore, just really big, six foot six, like yeah. two hundred and fifty pounds or He's whatever it is. He's I a like big Goddard. boy. Um, that would be an interesting one. Let's just say the Ravens were to like you know trade back in the first, get a DJ Moore at the end of the first, and then in the second round follow it up with a Goddard. That would be, you know, then you I don't get know two if guys getting to the second, mid second. Maybe, 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 not, maybe, like, maybe the fact that he, he didn't, might, maybe the fact yeah. that he didn't work out. Um, That's a benefit. And the, the combine. Never heard of this guy. Keep quiet. Got it. Um, and then I want to talk about defense a little bit because um, I think that I don't think that it's. I've said it before. I don't think it's outside their own possibility at all that the Ravens go defense in the first round. Uh, I've been beating the drum over the course of the last month or so that Roquan Smith, I think you'd really have to think long and hard if he's there. I'm not sure they will be. Um, and Derwin James is another one. So here's what Charles Davis actually said when I talked with him about the possibility of drafting a defensive player at number 16. There's a guy that I've been talking about by the name of Derwin James that everyone talks about, and he's a safety out of Florida State. I've got people who tell me that if he wants to keep his weight down in the 205, 210 range, he can play corner. He has that type of athletic ability. Jalen Ramsey made that transition. He'd be another guy that I think might be there somewhere in that middle round, middle range that you can take a good, strong look at. So what do you think? Derwin James, 16, you taking him? <sighs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think that obviously he would have uh, guys in front of him in terms of playing immediately. That's the that's the big downside. Yeah. Weddle and Tony Jefferson. Now he could work into a rotation, I guess, maybe with Jefferson or maybe also kind of like a Anthony Levine mm-hmm. type of role where mm-hmm. you're that extra DB. Um, but Levine played that role pretty well. Uh, you know, I, I would have liked to have Zerwin James on the field when Maurice Kennedy's out there on fourth and twelve. Yeah, for example. Yeah. You know, so you look at it and you're like. Having another defensive back mm-hmm. is never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe he takes over as Erwin James does down the road. I wouldn't say no. Um, Derwin James was a huge prospect coming out of high school, like one of the best in the country. Yep. Kind of underperformed a little bit early in his college career. Um, never really hit that potential that everybody saw for him, in part because the injuries had a pretty major injury that cost him a season. So I don't know whether Derwin James is more athlete than he is football player. Uh, you know, or whether he's the next Jalen Ramsey. I, I'm not quite sure yet how high I value him. But 
you know, maybe a Rokon Smith would be worth it at number 16. You pair him with C.J. Mosley, all of a sudden you have a studly inside linebacker. Are you the best two inside linebackers in the league? Well, the best tandem. The best best tandem, tandem, right. I mean, pretty nasty. Maybe I would consider that. I'm not taking a D-lineman. I'm on the Steve Bishotti bandwagon on that one. I'm not... Taking a D line. Sorry, Joe Cullen also on the defensive line. Yeah. You know, so we're apologizing. Well, Joe can just take, he can take drafts weekend off. Yeah. You know, first two days at least. He can yeah. kind of hang out, maybe get a beach trip in or something so, like that. Chris just relax. Yeah. Chris and Joe Cullen can just hang out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's kind of my take on the, on the defense, guys. Yeah. Let's, what about running back? Because we've talked about this before. You and I have, have bantered in the lounge about this before. I kind of, I, I'm not super anti running back first round. I don't and know. people are going to crucify me because there's a lot of Alex Collins love out there, and yeah. I love Alex Collins. I think uh-huh. he's a great player. I'm not sure Alex Collins is the guy that I'm hanging my hat on for the next four years or three years to be the stud, stud guy. I think that, to me, based on what I've seen, like there does not seem to be a big difference between like a Darius Geis, for example, and then somebody like Sony Michelle, who you could get in the second, uh, probably not third, but you could get somebody. I don't Chubb. think that there's a huge difference between like the second best running back and the fifth best running back or the mm-hmm. seventh best running back. Now, there's a big difference between the first best and that's yeah. Saquon Barkley, but he's gone, right? Yeah. So I don't think, if my feeling has been on running backs, I don't like the idea of drafting one in the first round for the most part anyway, but if you have one who is an absolute transcendent talent, Barkley, uh, Zeke Elliott from a couple years ago, Leonard Fournette, those are all top five picks, yeah. but the Ravens aren't picking in the top five, so I don't think it makes sense to take one at 16 who's kind of the same player that you would get in the second round. Here's my question for you, okay? Every year you come back from the combine, I ask you the same thing. Who, who's your guy? Like, who did you just like <laughs> from media, interviews, all that stuff? I liked Who's Mike, your boy? I liked Mike McGlinchey. I thought he was, he was an impressive guy. I liked DJ Moore a lot. I liked Cortland Sutton a lot. Um, those, I would say, would be kind of the three... You know, I'm thinking about positions of need. So those are three that I really came away impressed with. What was it about McGlinchey? He's just somebody that's, that's all ball, you know, kind of um, seemed to really love football. Just go, he would come in here, do his job, be quiet, be really good for like the next 10 years. And that's, that's just like the kind of player that he is. Yeah. Um, Mayock loves him. Yeah, you know, Mayock likes another name, guys. Guy. Yeah. Um, also, I like the fact that with McGlinchey, like I like the Notre Dame to the NFL pedigree. Ryan Stanley's been good. Zach Martin's been good. Yeah. So they put a lot of good guys out there. So it's those. It's a combination of those factors that I'm just like this guy. He's he's going to be good. You can basically you could draft him and you could put him at left or right tackle for the Ravens. It would be obviously be right tackle, and you wouldn't have to worry about it. Just go ahead, boom, he's out there every single week for the next five years. I like that. I like yeah. the sounds of that. Yeah, I like the sounds of that. But anyway, a lot more draft talk going to be coming over the next. Month or so, or what? About less than two months away from the draft. Yep. Yep. So next up is pro days, and then we get down to the nitty gritty where everybody and their their brother is releasing their mock draft. I'm and starting to kind of get some names on the board for my seventh really? round. Yeah. You're preparing it. I'm preparing it mentally. I like it. You're gonna miss again. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for listening. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net, and we will be back with you next week.